0: This is Blue Drama, an audio cast with me, Stephen Ward, aka OrCon DK. This is a show about software freedom, movies, video games, and anything else that catches my interest. An eco cast, if you will. If you're very lucky, I'll be reading you some of my poetry and short stories. In this first episode, we'll be talking a little about uh, general news about me and uh, the new website of bluedriver.com. Also talk about the student radio station, which I work at. Then we'll have a short chat about uh, gaming, uh, some of the games I've been playing recently. And then we'll have uh, the first part of a reading of one of my short stories called Deep Inside. And now, on with the show. I tried doing a podcast in the summer of 2014, but the setup was a bit foolish. As live, with music, was far too much hassle, and even though I decided to change the setup, I had so many other things to do that I ended up doing very little. This time should be better. I'm doing pre-records and very simple production. No music, uh, unless I decide to later on. But um, It's just finding a quiet time to record without disturbing or being disturbed by my family. As I have an, a new young daughter. What's this? A microphone. Yeah. I'm not sing on it. I've borrowed a Zoom H1 audio recorder slash microphone. Which is good enough to prove that I want to do this show as an ongoing concern. And then I can invest in some of my own equipment. Also working in a college radio station uh, gives me some access to uh, a nice soundproofed room which I'm recording this right now but generally I'm going to be trying to record at home so I have more control over my environment. I'm also working on a radio stream of Creative Commons music and shows albeit will be Blue Java Radio and I'll talk about that more later in the show. Six years ago, I moved to Croatia for reasons of love, which are unreasonable. I got a job at the University of Osijek's Electrical Engineering Faculty as an IT technician, and I got involved in setting up a student radio station. Various iterations, from a simple randomised jukebox on our icecast server, through to complex scheduler broadcast on FM across the city of Osijek. Currently we run a modified version of Airtime, an open source radio automation system. Airtime itself handles a database of music and a scheduled broadcasting of programs, while my modifications create an automated stream of music and items. For a long time the playlist was purely random, but since we started broadcasting to FM, I needed to keep a log of exactly what was played in order to send a report to the local equivalent of the RAAA. This log is now used to make sure tracks and artists are kept from playing too close together. We pride ourselves on having a very fresh sound and you're unlikely to hear tracks repeated. In the last few weeks we've started doing a regular live broadcast complete with radio phone-ins. I've been pushing to use another major open source solution called Rivendell to handle the music, which goes through a big mixer desk along with the microphone feeds and out into a windows box running an application called broadcast using this tool but, as it is called, sends a stream to the server and interrupts the jukebox for the duration of the show. A lot of my recent ne- innovations with the radio came from my first attempt to make Blue Java radio earlier this year. I tried to use the Python Web Framework Django to create scripts and a database to run a radio station. I ended up scrapping it as it would have been held to integrate with the workflow of, of my work radio, I got a lot of ideas which I reworked into PHP scripts that talk to the WordPress site we have. Thus, I am starting to develop a new version of the Blue Driver Radio, which is all WordPress, and so any cool stuff I work out can move over to Radio News at work. I'll talk more about Blue Driver Radio when it's closer to launching. The idea will be to stream Creative Commons music and other audio content like podcasts. This show will obviously be on there, along with the podcast I like and any good ones people suggest to me. gaming. As a Linux gamer, I've been pretty lucky recently with all the sudden upsurge in gaming and uh, Steam on Linux and and all of that, having suddenly far too many games to play, especially now I've become a father and and don't have any time at all to play games. Now in the last couple of months I've been able to finish some games. I went through Portal 1 and 2 uh, over the summer and that was... Fun to revisit those because I don't think I'd actually finished them since uh, they came out on Linux. Certainly not Portal 2. Lots of fun. And then uh, the Steam Summer Sale came along, and uh, my best buy of that was uh, The Talos Principle by Crow uh, Team, which is a very similar kind of um, first person puzzler. As portal, um, it's not really it doesn't go the comedy route, but the story is very compelling. Um, lots of uh, audio clips, um, not too much of that, but also lots of reading. Um, each area you come to, you know, there's like a, a terminal full of um, flavor text, which you could easily skip past, but um, it was very good. Um, I didn't quite complete all of it, because I know there's another ending. There's, there was three endings. The um, first one is, was pretty obvious, and it was pretty obviously the bad ending. Um, but the uh, second ending, there's more of a, a bigger set of puzzles and a very good puzzle near the end, which I won't spoil. Um, but it really ties together. It, it felt like the last level. Of a game um, so that was good, and um, I mean I've been supporting Crow team a lot because you know they're from Croatia, which is where I live now, so I'd also um I'd played the serious Sam games uh, a long time ago um I have serious Sam three, but when I tried playing that again recently, it did feel a bit I couldn't quite get into it, um so perhaps. Um, that type of game just not doesn't appeal to me anymore. It's fun. It's pretty. It could be just that my machine is just not powerful enough to show it off. So it was a little bit more of a chore. Yeah. And then recently, the latest humble bundle, humble bundle fifteen, came along, and I wasn't sure about the game selection this time round. Um, I already had one of the games uh, sir you are being hunted which I'll talk about in another show um but they had uh cube uh Q U B E director's edition director's cut um which I was very surprised about because it uh it was very much like uh, very much a puzzle game in the style of portal um but it reduces the well there's no comedy in it um but uh, there is this lingering sense of dread and paranoia as you go through the, the various puzzles. Yeah, The puzzles was very good and um, made me think I never needed to go and find a walkthrough. Well, I never could find an actual walkthrough. I think I only uh, checked some hints and things for some of the secrets, but there wasn't that much. Um, it was a very short game, it only took me a few hours... Maybe three hours in all to get through it, but it was it was good. I like the sound design because that really helped. You're sitting there trying to think over a puzzle, and and you've got this uh, very the the music is sort of this this low droning, which really sort of amps up your paranoia and dread about the situation that you're in. Yeah, I think it it worked really well. I wasn't annoyed by it, but I did need to. You know, stop sometimes because I just wasn't getting a puzzle because the the sound was driving me driving me up the wall, not in a good way. It was good. It was invoking an emotion, which is what art is supposed to do. I was a little disappointed by the ending in that it suggests that you know there's a twist in the story, but in the end, it's not really a twist. So sort of, I suppose doing that. it's a double bluff. Um, the rest of the humble bundle was good. I did. Uh, I paid over the average to get uh, Xenonauts, which is like a an XCOM, a classic XCOM. It's more like the original UFO Enemy Unknown than the recent XCOM game or games. The, the first XCOM I actually played was the the recent one, the re release, um, and I don't think I would have be been able to get into Xenonauts without at least having. A, um, a, the idea, the the simple ideas that the original, the new XCOM has. Um but it's good. I have I played one well, I was playing one game but I I messed up really badly on a mission and I thought I I wanna start again because I didn't know really what I was doing. So I've started a new one. Uh hopefully I'll get a bit further with that. In fact when I first played the uh, the recent the modern XCOM I've also, I also stopped playing that after a bad mission uh, I don't know, it just felt I'd, I'd messed up, I should start again yeah, I, I've been meaning to go back to um, the modern XCOM but I'm trying out Xenonauts instead because it, 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 the, the style is a bit different it's all 2D isometric rather than 3D so it feels more like a, an older game but it's nice, crisp images and uh, high resolution. There's also Planetary Annihilation, which has gotten a lot of flack recently as a kick started game. Um, but I mean, I, I like real time strategies, but I'd never really gotten into the Total Annihilation form uh, where you've got a commander unit wandering around doing a lot of the work and uh, then you build your base around that. Uh, I could never quite get my head around. I'm I'm old school I'm command and conquer and warcraft 2 I didn't really like having that uh that commander unit sort of bugged me um but I might give it a go it does look pretty, very pretty and I like the uh, the scale of being able to sort of you're looking around a globe and then you could blow up planets and things while you're playing the game so I'll have a look at that um, Skullgirls is a beat 'em up, um, sort of street fighter style. So very fast and lots of movement. But the the style of the graphics is very nice. I I like this sort of it's a, this blend of anime and Disney, like classic, really classic Disney sort of thirties, twenties and thirties Disney animation. It is it's a really weird look and I, I like it um, but I am just button, button mashing, I don't know how to play fighting games I don't think I've really played any since you know, the old Mortal Kombat and One Must Fall and then we come to the uh, the other game that I actually finished, which isn't surprising since so it's only 90 minutes Gone Home um, the walking simulator uh, it's, well, it's sort of an explorer Um you're sort of exploring a house and the story unfolds as you explore Um, I thought it was alright it wasn't that bad I I think it gets a lot of flack for not being a game and not really having much in the way of skill and it was a little odd I think I went through in slightly the wrong order Um, and the story didn't really stack up quite right I think that probably could that needs a bit of work being able to tell a story in more than one direction uh, would make it a bit better make it uh, use the medium a bit better otherwise you are just watching a story unfold over the course of 90 minutes to 2 hours but the story is alright I liked how it made you think it's a one thing but right? it's not a bit it's alright it's, it's another um it all depends on your tastes, I suppose. But well, worth a go. I mean, Well, it was certainly worth um, getting on the Humble Bundle when you get a whole bunch of other games. Um, they also offered the, the three Deponia point-and-click adventures, um, which I already had the first one, and I played a little bit. Um, but after Broken Age, I've been a bit jaded about... Whether or not point- and- click adventures are relevant anymore it's a, that's sort of a classic thing and I you know, I love Monkey Island and Sam max and all of that but when it comes down to it the uh, you know it's it's tough to write a good puzzle that actually um, isn't just a fetch quest isn't, you know, isn't just go here use this on this uh, you really do need the story behind it so I don't know I'm going to give toponnio a try now i've got I've got the trilogy. Um, So I I feel like I I should at least try and go through them. So yeah, that's my my gaming recently. It's interesting. I've had another another load of games as well, but I have far too many games in my Steam library, which I'm sure I will try and talk to you all about them. But that's for another time. And now we come to our final segment of the show. I'm going to do a reading of my short story deep inside this is the first part i've been trying to write this story for like 10 years this version i wrote as part of uh, the national novel writing month a few years ago um, but then i found i didn't have enough content for a novel it was uh, i was done in a few days i was inspired to do a sort of eldritch war of the worlds i had this image in my head of uh, instead of A Martian cylinder, a giant seed, which falls to Earth and crashes and starts growing. And um, this doesn't really go that way, but it has some seeds, if you will, of the idea. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this first part. Not much happens, but it's all set up for the characters. And I will continue to read this over the next few weeks. Deep Inside by Stephen Ward Part 1 You are in bed. The duvet cover's design is of a happy rabbit, but upside down, and in the moonlight, it looks so much more sinister. You are ten years old, long blonde hair scattered around your head, and something has woken you from a dream you don't remember. You are out of bed. The door to your room is open a crack. The light in the hallway shines through. On the other side of the room, the light of the full moon counters the light from the hallway. You look through the window overlooking the vast estate of your family. The window faces north, towards a small forest in the centre of the estate. There are small twinkling lights, which aren't normally there. You are down in the main hall. Lights are on, but no one is around. You put on your pink Wellington boots and overcoat. The front door is heavy, but not beyond your small frame. You are outside. To the south is your house, big and oppressive. To the north is the forest, dark and scary. The full moonlight makes the darkness inside worse, but your curiosity is piqued. You clearly see glittering lights deep inside the forest. You are in the forest. Damp leaves underfoot the trees towering over you. You head on towards the flickering lights. You are in the forest, damp leaves underfoot, trees towering over you. Fear is getting the better of you. You turn back. You are in the forest, damp leaves underfoot, the trees towering over you. You are lost. The only way you can go is towards the lights. You come to a clearing. The lights you had seen are burning torches, so bright now you shield your eyes. You can't make out any details. You have an impression of other people, but you cannot see their faces. There is loud chanting all around. You are so frightened now, even though you cannot see why. You squeeze your eyes shut, not wanting to see anything, hoping it'll all go away. You feel a hand on your shoulder. Emma jumped awake. For a few seconds there was that feeling of confusion she had when waking up in a strange place. She was on a bus, or rather a coach. The seats were big and obscured her view beyond the seat in front. Looking out of the window she could see rolling hills and farmland. She was coming home. "'You all right, babe?' asked Holly, pulling an earbud from her ear. "'She was an engineering student studying at the same university.' Unlike Emma, who was tall, blonde, and quiet, Holly was short, dark-haired, and smiley. She and Emma were the type of friends who were polar opposites to look at, but in the time they had known each other, a real bond had been created. Just a bad dream, replied Emma, sitting up and stretching. Are we there yet? Holly stroked the screen of her phone and brought up a map. The GPS took a second to show their location. Not far now, she smiled at her friend. Welcome home. Emma smiled back despite herself. There were a lot of reasons not to want to come back home. She did not leave on the best of terms with her father, but she missed her mother and the house. Student dorms and the small flat she now entered did not compare to the huge house with its acres of estate. Wake up, sleepies, said Holly, throwing an empty bottle across the aisle at the other member of their group. Tim uncurled from the fetal position he had been occupying across two seats. He gave her a sleepy, annoyed look and stretched. Tim went to the same university as Holly and Emma, and they all shared a flat. An English-language student, he was quiet, clumsy, and a bit pathetic. Holly loved to tease him, but never maliciously. They were all on their way to a music festival being held on the grounds of Emma's family estate. Holly managed to convince Emma to come pointing out that they didn't need to stay at the house, as they had tents. Tim tagged along as he always did, even though he had never shown any interest in live music. Emma was staring out of the window, the land outside becoming familiar. It wasn't long before the bus was pulling up to a makeshift stop next to the southernmost field, one great car park for the festival. They all exited the coach and collected their bags from the cargo hold. Tim looked bizarre, his thin frame barely coping with the heavy backpack. Holly looked odd too, the top of her pack more than a head taller than her. Only Emma looked comfortable, her body strong and toned from plenty of exercise and sun working on archaeological dig sites. Everyone else on the coach headed towards the entrance to the West Field, where the stage and main festival area was. Emma, Holly and Tim, however, headed towards Kelston House home of the Earl of Kelston for seven generations. Holly and Tim had known that Emma's family were privileged, but it wasn't until they walked up the drive of the enormous country house that they realised how big a deal it was. That's really where you grew up, asked Holly, snapping a few pictures with her phone. Emma nodded. It was embarrassing. One of the reasons she wanted to go across the country for university was to get away from the feeling of being in an ivory tower. It might look great to you, Emma said finally, but I was a virtual prisoner there. I was homeschooled, never got to mix with kids my own age. They arrived at the front door, and Emma pulled on the doorbell. After a minute, the door creaked open, and the tall form of a butler looked down on them, stern but stoic. He looked at each of them in turn, at the scrawny boy in the back, cowering behind the short nerding glasses, Then his demeanour changed when he recognised the tall, blonde girl. "'Miss Emma,' he said. "'My word, it is good to see you.' "'Hello, Merriman,' said Emma. He would have hugged him, but instead held out her hand as to not to embarrass him. "'Please come inside.' He stepped back and helped open the door. "'I shall inform her ladyship you have arrived.' Emma stepped in and gasped as the familiar smells of the old house awakened memories. Holly followed, discreetly videoing her with her phone, closely followed by the meek Tim. The entrance hall towered high above them, doors to the left and right, a huge double staircase up to a balcony. Emma, my darling, came a call from a side corridor. An elegant middle-aged woman wandered out. An elegant middle-aged woman walked over to Emma and embraced her. Hello, mother. "'Emma said, kissing her on the cheek. "'How are you?' "'Wonderful,' she smiled, utterly delighted. Merriman, fetch some tea.' "'Yes, my lady,' replied Merriman, "'turning and striding across the hall and beyond the staircase. "'And are these your friends?' said Lady Kelston, turning to the others. "'I'm Holly, my lady,' said Holly, trying to curtsy awkwardly. "'Tim,' said Tim, barely a croak as he shook her hand. Charming, said Emma's mother, smiling broadly. The smile collapsed as another voice was heard from high above. I didn't think you would come back here again, young lady. They all looked up and saw an older man in a tweed suit. An older man in a tweed suit on the balcony, hands gripping the rail like an eagle gripping a perch. Well, I did, father, Emma replied. Lord Kirsten glared down at them. His hair was grey and receding, his face wrinkled and lined, bushy eyebrows knitted together in a frown. Please don't, Emma's mother began, but he interrupted her. I might have known that a festival of sin and debauchery will tempt you back, he continued. You wouldn't survive without it now you are tainted. I left here to be myself, father, said Emma, stepping forward. I am not your property, to be kept sealed in my packet. And this little runt, said Kelston, referring to Tim, is this your latest, betraying your birthright for a useless weakling? Ha! Tim's never known the touch of a woman, said Holly, with a grin. Dude! cried Tim, that one word conveying surprise, embarrassment and confirmation. I came here to see my mother, continued Emma. My friends here thought I might be able to bury the hatchet with you as well. Frankly, I wish I had a hatchet to bury in your chest. Emma's voice had been calm and measured throughout our dialogue with her father, but the air of menace was unmistakable. Holly was reminded of the time Emma had t- similarly talked to a professor of hers a few months before. He had unfairly marked her paper down because she had disproven one of his theories. By the end of her little talk, there was no doubt that she wanted to rip out his heart and feed it to him. I'm sorry, Mother, said Emma to Lady Kelston. Maybe another time. Let's go, you two. With that, she turned and left. Holly and Tim followed. By the time they emerged in the sunlight, Emma was already at the bottom of the steps and crunching across the gravel driveway. She didn't stop to let them catch up until she reached the gate to the westfield, and out of sight of the house. End of part one. And now we come to the end of the first episode of Blue Driver. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email show at bluedriver.com, or there'll be a list of my contacts on the website bluedriver.com. I'm not sure if I'm gonna get these out weekly or fortnightly, I'll just have to see how how it goes. I have a feeling that this first episode is gonna be very crappy, but the key thing is to get started and do it regularly and I'll hopefully keep this going as an ongoing concern. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed it. Be seeing you. blue driver production for radio blue driver it is licensed creative commons attribution share alike so you can freely listen share and remix so long as the license is preserved for more information go to bluedriver.com.